Well, if you have been wanting to get a bit of a head start on your spring and summer reading, look no further. It is the last Friday in March, and that means we are checking in with Marianne Yazedjian, Special Projects Manager at Black Bond Books and the Book Warehouse. Marianne, thanks so much for being with us again. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, we have some great, great titles to look at, uh, some by authors that I know people will recognize the names, maybe some not as much. Uh, The first one, though, is a book by Margaret Atwood. It is. So this is the one, of course, everybody knows who Margaret Atwood is. This is her brand new book of short stories called Old Babes in the Wood. And this is recommended by my colleague Jana at our Hager bookstore. She says she loves this collection of short stories. Absolutely brilliant. Jana says she's been more of a fan of Atwood's nonfiction and poetry recently. But with this book, she says Atwood is moving closer and closer to her authentic self. And there are stories that anyone can relate to in this book. Uh, plus, it's really exciting. Margaret Atwood's actually going to be in Vancouver on May 7th for a special event with the Vancouver Writers' Fest. So we actually get to, to hear Margaret Atwood talk soon. Oh, interesting. How do you find it with short stories? Is it people either love them or would or prefer novels and, and don't like the, the when a book is kind of cut up into short stories? It's funny because a lot of people feel very strongly about it. But then people who love novels then pick up a book of short stories, read it and think, It's actually quite like reading a novel. It's just told in a different format. I fully admit that I used to be a non-short story reader until I read a couple of collections and realized it's just the same as reading a novel. (laughs) Which, yeah, it seems odd, doesn't it? Because the the wording is just so different and you're expecting it to be Mm -hmm. a lot of choppy, shorter stories like the name. But you're right, it kind of, there is still a flow to it. Exactly. And sometimes I do want just to, to sit down and read 10 pages and and be done and know that I've just read a really great individual story. Right. And I think, too, for summertime, when people maybe are busy or on vacation, mm-hmm. that can be a nice, a nice uh, rather than getting into a really complex, maybe novel that flips around in time and that kind of thing. Exactly. A, a break for your brain. <laughs> All right. Um, we are also looking at uh, this book is called On the Ravine by Vincent Lamb. What is this one about? Yes. So you might recognize this author from uh, his previous books, Bloodlettering and Miraculous Cures and The Headmaster's Wager. This book is about the devastating experience of addiction. We have two main characters. One is Dr. Chen, who works with addiction patients, and Claire, who's a gifted violinist who has developed an opioid addiction and overdosed in the last 24 hours. But this book is told with such sensitivity and empathy. It doesn't judge or stereotype. Vincent Lam is a doctor himself, and I've heard him speak about this book, and it's absolutely a subject that is very close to his heart. Interesting. And I know he's won some awards in the past as well. Yes, I believe Bloodletting and Miraculous Cures was, uh, was quite an award winner. Yes. All right. A very interesting one. Uh, so that one is called On the Ravine by Vincent Lamb. Let's move on to Burnham Wood. What is this one? Burnham Wood is Eleanor Catton's new book, and I absolutely loved it. So she's the author of The Luminaries that won the Booker Prize about 10 years ago. This one takes place in New Zealand, where a guerrilla gardening collective plans to go plant on a large farm owned by very rich individuals that's just been cut off due to a landslide. It's a fantastic character study. We have the founder of the collective and her closest companion, the wealthy owner of the farm who's just been knighted, and his wife, a billionaire American businessman who has dangerous ulterior motives about the farm, and a disgruntled former member of the gardening collective who knows everything is not as it seems. 
It is completely engrossing, engaging. I just could not put this book down. Hmm, and I, I was reading about this too, and it was described as Shakespearean in its drama. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, yes. All right. Uh, that is Burnham Wood, and that's B-I-R-N-A-M. And I can send the list out if anybody uh, emails after, uh, if they didn't catch the titles and names. Uh, one more on uh, this list, or the fiction list, and this is Goddess. I love the title. Mm-hmm. So Goddess by Deborah Hemming. Uh, she's a East Coast Canadian author. This book is recommended by Gina, who is our buyer. So in this novel, we have a a writer, an up-and-coming novelist, who attends a very exclusive wellness retreat on a remote Greek island where many strange things are happening that she cannot explain. So Gina really enjoyed this book, and she says that it's, it's hard for her to put into words because despite the seemingly light setting of the book, it's very introspective, and it makes you keep thinking long after you're finished it. Interesting. Does it when you're reading a book, how much does the the setting or what country or what kind of environment it's set in? How much does that matter to you? To me, a lot. I love it when an author can describe a setting so well that it makes you feel like you're actually there with them. Like, for example, many of these books are are set in very specific places. And like Vincent Lamb's On the Ravine is set in Toronto and in very specific places of Toronto. And I don't know Toronto well, but the way he describes it, you can you can actually see where his characters are. Hmm, interesting. I have a, a friend who's a very big reader, but she does not like reading books that are set in Vancouver or set in BC because she her argument is she wants to be taken away. She wants to be taken to somewhere where exactly that, that the, the author can take her there and make her feel like she's there. And, and she doesn't want it uh, to be in a place where she already knows what it's like. Oh, that's funny. I partly agree with that, but I also partly love reading things set in Vancouver because I love it when I recognize places in books and I've actually seen it myself in real life. Yeah, so yeah, it can go either way there for sure. All right, that one was Goddess by Deborah Hemming. Let's take a look at nonfiction, uh, Monsters, A Fan's Dilemma. Yes, so I think this one looks really interesting. The author is Claire Detterer, and this book doesn't actually come out uh, for a little bit longer, but at the end of April. This is a pick by Marta, the manager of our Main Street store. And she says that in this book, the author takes this relevant question, do we separate the art from the artist to new heights? Cancel culture is one of those terms that's become so overused that it all has almost lost its meaning. And with this book, the author goes from Picasso to Kanye, giving us a view of what it's like to ask ourselves hard questions about the people we may admire, debating both sides and testing our level of understanding of human nature which I think just sounds fascinating. It does, and certainly uh, so timely when uh, we see stories uh, related to that, I think, almost every day, if not daily. Mm-hmm. All right, that one is called, again, Monsters, A Fan's Dilemma by Claire Detterer. And let's see what else that we have on the list. You have a kid's book to tell us about. What is this one? Yes, so this is brand new. It's called Big Tree by Brian Selznick. This is recommended by Sherry at our Maple Ridge store. And she cannot say enough about this book. She says, I love, love, love this book. Here we follow the journey of two seeds as they discover the discover the vulnerability and strength of nature. We experience the artistic style of Brian Selznick's unique way of using words combined with illustrations to tell a story. And even though this book is geared towards a kids, you know, kids age, middle grade sort of age, she said this one is one that the whole family will enjoy. Interesting. It's a, I just pulled it up as well. It's a really beautiful uh, title or a beautiful cover. 
It is. And if you get a chance to flip through a few pages, there's illustrations almost on every page throughout the whole book. And it's just, it's so beautifully done. It is a big book, but it is like, it's one that'll become a family treasure. All right. That one is Big Tree brought by Brian Selznick. And uh, so a great list, a lot of different books on that list. And I know you also wanted to mention a big day is coming up next month. Yes. So Canadian Independent Bookstore Day is coming up on Saturday, April 29th, being celebrated by independent bookstores across the country. And at our stores, we're planning on so many fun activities to really give back to our amazing customers. Each of our stores is going to be doing draws for prize packs of books and other goodies. Some of our stores will have prize wheels where customers can spin to win. At every store, every purchase will get you a blind date with a book. So come in and check that out. A um, couple of our stores will have authors signing their new books. And basically, it's just a big celebration of sharing our love of books with our wonderful customers. So wherever you are across Canada on Saturday, April 29th, pop into your local independent bookstore and and share the love of books. That's a, a great idea. I, I, and I mean, any day, obviously do that. But yes. so great that there's a, an actual day that's dedicated to, to that coming up next month uh, as well. How are things as far as independent bookstores and, and things with, I would imagine kind of, um, we're not all staying at home now and, uh, and maybe not forced to read, but uh, people may have picked up more books than maybe they would have uh, had we not had the pandemic. How are things going? Have you noticed a shift? Absolutely. I think a lot of people discovered and rediscovered their love of reading during the pandemic. A lot of kids as well, because as you know, a lot of people didn't didn't know what to do with their kids at the beginning of the pandemic. And a lot of people relied on books and activities and things like that to keep kids entertained. And we're just finding like so many new customers that we made during the pandemic are still shopping with us and still love coming in. And it's just been fantastic. People are reading more than ever, I think. All right. That is good to hear. Marianne, thanks as always. And we will talk to you again soon. Thank you so much.